This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. I certainly would want to sacrifice a spring game for the sake of the season next year. Uh, I know our, our fans are more passionate than anybody around the country, and it's a tough time not being able to go to baseball games and softball games and track meets and not being able to go to a spring game. But I know the people in Nebraska will overcome and find things to do right now, and, and hopefully we can get back to a point where the best fans in the country can enjoy watching the student-athletes again. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Rob Washington, Nate Klaus. Uh, pleased to bring in Husker Online intern Allie Snow, who remains in uh, quarantine herself or hideout because it's just shut down. You, you don't have a whole lot going on, do you, Allie? Nope, I really can't do anything. No school, not a lot of work, so I'm locked inside all day. Well, it is time for the mailbag, and obviously not much going on in the sports world, but lots of questions regarding you know what's next, what's happening out there. Uh, what do you have to lead us off with? All right, so Omar Manning seems to be one of the more high-profile wide receiver recruits we have had in a while. Could you compare him to Maurice Purify? Why or why not? I mean, I think that's a fair comparison. Uh, Purify was arguably the top Juco receiver his year. They're built very similarly. Um, the difference, in Nate, you might agree on this or disagree, but Purify wasn't really highly sought after as a football recruit in high school. He was more looked at as a basketball player at City College when he went to San Francisco. In fact, he played basketball there as well as football. He was just such a naturally gifted athlete, obviously wasn't the best student, um, which forced him to go there. And, you know, he went to the Arena League after Nebraska, and, you know, he – broke records playing arena football, but never was able to catch on in the NFL. Um, I would say Manning is probably a tick above Purify, uh, but Purify was an awfully, awfully dominant player. Yeah, I mean, as far as size goes, yeah, they were very comparable. Manning, maybe not quite as tall, but I think is actually bigger, uh, if that makes sense. Uh, but yeah, Purify was just a naturally gifted guy, um, but he was not recruited out of high school. Omar Manning was a four-star Army All-American coming out of high school uh, that went to TCU and then went the JUCO route. So, I mean, they had completely different paths. Um, I would say that Manning is probably you know, maybe the more polished receiver, uh, whereas Purify, I think he was just kind of a – I mean, they're both freakish athletes, but I think um, I think – Purify maybe was just uh, you know relied on it a little bit more than than Manning has to. Does Omar Manning know that snow falls from the sky and doesn't come up from the ground? <laughs> yes. Uh, well, <laughs> context I, to that, Purify said that in a press conference. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know for a fact that Manning does, but I'm guessing. My hunch would be that Manning knows that uh, snow comes from. To the be sky. fair, Purify though the play he made in that Texas game. I mean, there was like three first round draft picks in that Texas secondary and he just took like a little 15 yard slant route and broke like three tackles of NFL DBs and scored a 65 yard touchdown. I mean, if Omar Manning can do that, that's going to be pretty dang good because Texas was the defending national champion and it was not a day to throw the football and he can make plays like that. I mean, I think people forget some of those plays Purify made at His Nebraska. His game winner against Texas A&M. Mm -hmm. Where he just basically boxed out a 5'10 corner and Taylor threw a perfect he, pass. Yeah, he went up and got it. Nebraska hasn't had a target like that in a while. And he dominated Akib Talib in that Kansas game. That was mm -hmm. a blowout. That was the game where he almost broke the school record. But anyway, let's let's 
enough Maurice Purify talk. <laughs> What's next? All right. Now that the season is over, can you give us any behind the scenes nuggets on basketball? How tough was this season on Coach Hoiberg? Obviously, uh, they knew that it was going to be a difficult run, but uh, I don't think anybody expected seven wins and to set records in futility. Uh, so, I mean, it was tough for everyone involved, but I can guarantee you no one took this season harder than Fred Hoiberg. I mean, that guy is a alpha competitor uh, and you don't do the things that he accomplished in his career as a player and as a coach without having that mentality. And so, you know, as much as they tried to prepare themselves for a rough year one, no one thought it was going to get that bad. And so uh, there's nobody chomping at the bit more to get back uh, with a, you know, new roster and a much more uh, infused talent level to work with that than Fred Hoiberg. And so we'll, we'll see kind of how that goes into year two. But uh, yeah, that was rough. All right. What are the chances spring practice actually resumes in June and who would that benefit the most? I mean, I think that's the optimistic glass half full take right now that that's what's going to happen. But until we get a better idea of what this COVID-19 does around the country, around the world, you just can't make that kind of projection. But that to me is maybe the best case scenario. Have your newcomers come in and you're allowed to have 13 practices if you're Nebraskan. The NCAA is going to, have to be very lenient if it gets to this because some schools might be done with spring. Some schools might have five practices left. Some schools might have nine practices left. So they, I think they're going to have to just allow you to do it how and when you want. And to me, June would make the most sense if we can get to that point where we're safe to practice. I think June's probably the only point that makes sense because uh, you, you can't push it in in July. I mean, that – to have July, July, August back to back. I mean, that's a lot of wear and tear on a team that, uh, you know, is going to have a lot of making up to do with their strength and conditioning. And so June, I think, makes a ton of sense to be able to space things out properly. And as far as who's going to benefit, it's got to be the newcomers, particularly those running backs and wide receivers that are coming to campus that you were going to be counting on to make immediate impacts to allow them the opportunity to get 13 practices under their belt uh, before having to get thrown into it. Uh, that's invaluable right there. Yeah, there's no question every coach in the country that has um, had their spring ball put on hold is hoping that it, it's able to resume you know, in, in late May or June or whatever. Um, to get those practices in, but also, like you said, Robin, the the newcomers, um, you know, that's that is invaluable for those guys. Um, and something, an added benefit, tr truthfully. I mean, that's kind of a silver lining if it all is able to play out that way. But, um, but yeah, I, I think it's we still got a long road before we can say for sure that, that that's even a possibility. Would you, I'd be curious if would it even extend to walk-ons, or would it probably only be scholarship newcomers if you if you could do it in June? I just think if you brought in. You know, your other 30 walk-on guys that are newcomers coming in, that's a lot of new people to break in. But, you know, maybe Nebraska would want to do that. It'd be lot, lots to discuss. What do you have next, Allie? All right. Who will be the starting QB for the New England Patriots this upcoming season? Hmm. I'm not much of an NFL guy. I mean, well, right now it was Jared Stitham or whatever that guy's name is. I think he's technically the number one. That will change. Uh, I would imagine there'll probably, I mean, there's some free agents out there. Uh, Cam Newton, Cam Newton. Uh, Jameis Winston, uh, Andy Dalton is more than available. I could think, I think Andy Dalton would do very well in New England. Uh, he's, I think he's probably the best of that bunch, um, especially with all the off the field antics. Yeah, that's what I would, uh, I'd kind of lean Andy Dalton. And he'd actually have a, like a supporting cast around him, an offensive line, some weapons to, to throw to. Um, yeah, that's, 
would make the most sense and in that system. Keep in mind, the Patriots tried to trade up to number one in the draft to get Baker Mayfield, and they weren't able to do it. And so, you know, they, I think they've been looking to get their next quarterback of the future so they could draft one. Tom too. Brady had just such a block on that. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, anytime they wanted to get a guy ready to go to replace him, Brady was just a complete jerk about it, right? I mean, he didn't want it to happen. Yeah, I mean, I think there was some different diff- disagreements, not with just Brady, but with, you know, Belichick and Kraft. I think, you know, there was a lot of differing opinions on how that should be addressed and to go get a quarterback in the you know top of the draft that obviously creates a lot of drama that maybe the Patriots want to stay away from. I'm sure if if do you think Brady if he had his choice would have gone to San Francisco and just basically pushed out Garoppolo again? Maybe. I mean, I thought it was weird that he picked Tampa. Uh I mean, obviously there's the no income tax there or whatever. Uh, and then because uh, he really needs that extra money. Yeah. So who, <laughs> who knows? And like, you know, of all the places, Tampa, you know, <laughs> not the sexiest market out there. But, you know, I think he also saw that Tampa Bay's got a lot of weapons. You know, they got a lot of wide receivers. They got a stud tight end in OJ Howard. Uh, and, you know, if they are able to go get, you know, maybe a Todd Gurley or running back or something like that. Well, Gurley's going to Atlanta. Oh, yeah, that's right. So I, I'm trying to keep keep up. But anyway, they got a lot to work with, and I'm sure he saw that as an opportunity to surround himself with as many weapons as possible to to stay at the top. All right, Allie, uh, final question. What do you have left here for us in the mailbag? Share a story from being home with your families this week. Oh, man. Um, it's It's been interesting wearing multiple different hats, um, just you know, managing homeschool curriculum and helping my kindergarten daughter be on zoom calls with her class. Um, and my wife, luckily she's a kindergarten teacher, so she's able to, um, um, you know, do a lot of that stuff, but I'm in charge of, um, you know, some of the subject matter every day, but you know, just keeping everybody entertained and busy, but you know, it's time that we'll never have again, um, to, to not have to go anywhere, to not have to be anywhere for, um, you know, work purposes and just to have your family with you like this. I know it's an inconvenience, but I, I think you have to look at it as a, a great blessing too, to have this time. Well, and you know, in my circumstance, obviously uh, we just had a new baby son uh, last weekend. Uh, and so being able to stay home with him is probably stuff I'd be doing anyway. And now I have an excuse to uh, just basically go all in on it. And um, you know, we've, my wife and I have divvied up responsibilities pretty well. My my daughter's only three and a half, so we don't really have to worry too much about like school curriculum. Uh, but between you know baby and uh, you know cooking meals and all that stuff, we got a pretty good system going right now. So you know, it, all things considered, uh, our house could be under much more difficult circumstances. Yeah, I think that's that for for me. Uh, that's been the the biggest thing is just kind of the the homeschooling uh, portion of it and, and balancing. Um, you know, when my, when my wife is working, when I'm working, when we're kind of teaching the kids, when we're able to get them outside and burn energy or whatever. Um, but the other added aspect, I guess, and the funny part, uh, that I can share is, um, my girls, I've got a two-year-old and a six-year-old. They've actually been home, uh, since March 6th because they came down with strep throat and influenza A. So we're like three and a half weeks going on four weeks of being like home. And so, um, yes, it's a blessing, uh, but I'm, I'm starting to look forward to things getting back to normal. And so are my kids. My two-year-old, the other night, uh, she goes, Daddy, uh, w- when can I have a, a babysitter? Uh, and so I'm not quite sure what she's trying to tell me, but, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, I think that. Well, and because of COVID-19, you can't really use grandparents right now. Yeah, exactly. My parents do live in Lincoln now. Uh, they, they moved uh, to Lincoln uh, less than a year ago, but 
yeah, they you can't really, you know, they can't really have the parents or grand, you know, grandpa and grandma come over or whatever. So it's interesting times. Well, Ali, are you watching a lot of Netflix, Hulu? I mean, what are you just? I mean, what do you what do you do? I mean, are you do you actually have to be online and watch lectures? I mean, how do you do these online classes? Yeah, so online classes start next week, not till Monday. So these past two weeks, I mean, I don't have kids or anything to look after, so it's been a lot of Netflix and. I mean, one of my roommates is home, so we'll just like binge watch a show or something. But I started watching that Tiger King documentary on Netflix, which is, <laughs> it's really interesting. Like everybody should watch it. So that's what I'm watching now. But other than that, I do home workouts and that's about it. We're watching the Reese Witherspoon burning show on Hulu, the the new series. But I, I, first time really going through Hulu, I don't like how you can't binge. Like they only release one at a time each week. So you have to kind of like build it up to wait week to week. Where on Netflix, you can get through it all in a week if you want to. Yeah, they, they do it like uh, HBO where you have to sit there and wait. And so at least it gives you something to look forward to. Yeah. I mean, you know. <laughs> It doesn't let you, uh, you know, go through your whole uh, ammunition stockpile. You, you get to space it out a little bit. I rewatched episode one of the Wonder Years on, on Hulu. <laughs> I mean, oh, boy. We're I mean, I'm, I'm, to that. I'm we're digging down a rabbit hole here. Yeah, that way. All right. Well, that wraps it up. Allie, uh, thanks for coming in, um, and, and hopefully you are getting through this time. And, and I know you got um, graduation in, in May, right? Yeah, if it happens. Hopefully it happens. So. All right. We'll (laughs) thank you again. When we come back, we'll close the show with recruiting. You're listening here to Oscar Line Show.